This episode of the Small Church Media Podcast is sponsored by Tithely. Tithely lets you set up an online giving platform that is easy for your church members and easy for you to manage on the back end. To set up your Tithely account is completely free and with the ability to have your church members cover their own online giving fees, you can be sure that you do not lose transactions every single time you receive a donation. To learn more about how Tithely can serve your church, head over to smallchurch.media forward slash Tithely. Now let's jump into today's episode where we're going to talk about my favorite student ministry Christmas service because I know many of you guys being small church pastors also run the student ministry as well. So I'm going to let you know about my favorite Christmas service. I'm going to tell you how to pull it off, why you should pull it off, and where you can get the resources to pull it off as well. You ready to get into it? Let's get it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving with your guys' family and friends this past week. We had a really, well, um... We had a first-time experience for us here in the Hyde household with Thanksgiving. So where we live up in northern Indiana, we are literally the central point between every single member of all sides of the family, both on my side and my wife's side. So we are always the host home for Thanksgiving. And this year, um, we decided to do something a little bit different with our turkey. So instead of doing it in the oven, because my wife said, we need oven space, no questions asked, I need my whole oven, I was like, cool. Can I get a smoker? And can I smoke a turkey? Because that just sounds that just sounds dope. And of course she said, yep. So I got my smoker, cured it, got it ready to go. And when it was time to for time for tune, time to, <laughs> I don't know. When it was time for it to perform on Thanksgiving, I could not get the smoker to heat up past 200. It completely malfunctioned. So I got to return it. I got to get a new one. But needless to say, we went from, I was trying to, you know, I, spent hours researching how to do brines and how to prep and how to do do different things where you can flatten the turkey by taking out the backbone and then what you're supposed to do to do the smoke just right. Hours and hours of research and prep for it to literally go up in smokes and it sat in the smoker and wouldn't get above like 150 or 200 for a couple hours. So we brought it inside, put it in the oven, and it still tasted absolutely amazing. But (laughs) I've never been more upset at a simple, stupid little thing like the smoker because it threw off a lot of things. I had to drive to my mom's house with all the biscuits and rolls and and she had to come late to Thanksgiving dinner. Thanksgiving dinner was an hour after it was supposed to start and just because I took up the oven space and the smoker didn't do what it was supposed to do. Who knows? But either way, I hope you had had a great Thanksgiving with your family. If you're a soccer fan or football based on where you live, I hope you're enjoying the World Cup. I have it on my TV right now, so if I accidentally cheer, that means either Portugal or Uruguay scored another goal. We'll find out. But I'm enjoying the World Cup because football was not American football was not on my TV at all this year for Thanksgiving. Which is a Hyde household first because FIFA World Cup was on 24-7 at the Hyde House. So that was absolutely awesome. But you guys are not here to hear me talk about Thanksgiving or the World Cup. We're here to talk about the Christmas season, specifically this episode about my favorite student ministry Christmas service that we pulled off every single year. And in fact, I went back into my records and every year I was on staff at Southside. And even before I was on staff at Southside, when I was the intern over at some other churches, we always did a very specific Christmas 
Christmas service with the students, and it was by far one of their favorites every single year. So we're going to talk about how to do that here because we're in the middle of the Christmas Advent season, and I want to remind you that we are officially just a few weeks away from the Christmas service. So if you have not gotten your um, your media kit, your your website, your your social media graphics, your Christmas graphic all in order, head over to our website, smallchurch.media, where you can download one or both of the Christmas series graphics, plus Advent devotional content and social media posts for that, and all that kind of good stuff over there. But you know, today, it's not going to be so much about media. At the end, I'm going to talk about how we could use media to instill and maybe even... Um, Get a little, I don't want to say ROI because it sounds really bad when you're talking about a return on investment for a service for teenagers, but more maybe, maybe how this can be more beneficial and continue fruitful growth after the service is all said and done. But when I was a student ministry pastor, we intentionally did these things called worship experiences with our student ministry. We always did one at the Christmas season, no questions asked, and we generally also did one somewhere in the spring as well. And maybe you're familiar with worship experiences based on what I'm about to describe. Or maybe you are scared of the word experience because growing up, man, I grew up super conservative Baptist. And if you called anything a worship experience, it was it was bad thing. It was something that nope, that's what those those bad mega churches do, and we don't do that. But I want to challenge you: the word experience here is actually used correctly because we want to give our students an experience around a very specific topic, this the Christmas season, that engages their entire being, entire body, and all their senses in this legitimate experience. So a worship experience, what we're going to talk about today, is an intentional, longer service where you provide opportunities for students to experience worship through guided readings, guided prayers, guided songs, and even guided response. Now, based on what tradition you come out of, you might you maybe are already used to having these guided things in your service, which is actually called the liturgy. The liturgy for high churches and for very traditional churches, whether it's um, your Eastern Orthodox, your Roman Catholics, um, um, Presbyterians, a lot of traditional churches that are planting up, even the SBC, they use liturgy in some way, shape, or form, where it's basically guided through an entire service to make sure everything that's in the service points to one primary uh, subject matter on the response. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about how you can create an experience, and, and, and not just an experience, but a guided experience for your student ministry. So basically, these services, when you create a worship experience, it's a completely different change of pace from a normal service where instead of the teens where they sing songs and you teach and then you have small groups, you actually create a platform and you create an environment and what I'm going to keep saying over and over, an experience where you let teens not just participate, but they have to actively engage or else they will not be able to get what they need out of the service. So when the, when you are setting up the service, you're trying to craft it and create it and then tell your teens about it, you're literally no longer having them just sit there and be the spectators or just the congregants, but instead they are the ones who are actually guiding and leading themselves based on what you've created to have an experience with Jesus. So let's talk about what generally happens at a typical youth group meeting, right? I know you know this. Kids come in, they hang out, they get popped, they get snacks, whatever. Maybe you play a game, whether it's like a standard youth group game of like Foursquare or Kickball or whatever, or a PowerPoint game. Then generally you have some sort of maybe worship time and then a lesson, and then maybe you do, it's not a running 
encourage you to do this. Have small groups where they can talk about what's going on in their lives in the lesson, and then teens leave, and that's it. And now, as much as I absolutely love the standard student ministry night, I always look for opportunities as the youth pastor to create different types of meetings and group nights that went against the normal ebb and flow. In fact, I tried to make sure every series didn't have the exact same ebb and flow because when teens get to this routine of this is what happens every single time, I believe that they are less likely to fully engage with the content. And instead, when you constantly are changing up, not to the point of like completely changing up, but changing little subtle things here or there, it helps them just to constantly be engaged and maybe have new eyes into what you are doing, whether you do them. I mean, there's one time we started with the set, like the sermon was first, and then we did worship, and then we did games. We tried a whole bunch of different things. But this is a different night that lets them actually know that they are stepping into something completely different. And maybe you hope the same thing that I would that I would hope you would hope for is that your students would connect with Jesus in a real and potentially new way. So today we're going to talk about a way that you could do something unique, different, and inspiring for your youth group this Christmas season. So when I would create a worship experience, and I want to let you know about kind of what where my brain was at, so that way you could see where your brain maybe needs to be at. When I would create worship experiences, I would generally pretty much always use this format. There would be different stations that teens would visit throughout the church during the night, and each station featured something that was completely different. And then I wanted to make sure at each station, a different part of the body was engaged during that time. Sometimes it would be something like writing something down, whether on the wall or in their own journals. There were times when we would light the candles. So I remember, for example, for one that we did, we said Jesus was the light of the world and we lit candles. And then as more and more candles were lit, more and more of that extremely dark room became brighter because that's what we're able to do when we are able to bring Jesus, the light of the world into the dark places. Another one is getting on your knees in prayer, maybe listening to a very specific worship song or a spoken word piece or even a sermon jam. Maybe we had different music playing in each room that talked about a different style so that way it set a whole different mindset. Um, there would be times where we would have each room lit a little bit differently where someone would be bright, someone would be dark, someone have LED lights and different things like that. But either way, the idea was is as, going back to number one, there'd be different stations that each team would visit throughout the night. When they would arrive at the next station, they would have actual uh, visual, they would also have sensual cues that this is different than what they just did. Then at the end of the night, there would be a small group discussion with their individual small groups or a large group-based discussion where they, we would talk about what they wrote down and what they experienced, maybe new thoughts that they discovered. And what I loved about this is when we got everyone into the large group and we made sure we had enough time just to let there be some dead space for let people talk. Every single person had to engage in the worship experiences. So even those quiet kids that generally don't speak actually had something to contribute because they physically wrote things down. So I would say, okay, you, Naya, what did you write down for this specific question? And then that would, you know, actually spark other conversations. And I saw a lot of kids start to get out of their shell during these worship experience nights. So this is what I want to talk about for the rest of this podcast episode. All right. So we're going to talk about how do you create a memorable worship experience for your teens. Then we're going to talk about why you should do a special night like this. And then we're going to talk about what are ways that you could use media both during the worship experience 
and after the experience is all done. And I'll even give you some links about where you can get your own worship experience guides that have been completely created for you already. All you have to do is download it, print it, and you are off to the races. So how do you create a memorable worship experience for your student ministry? First and foremost, you need to think of a theme for the night. Now, honestly, Christmas is a very easy time to get a theme because you're like, oh, we can just walk people through the Christmas series, or Christmas story rather. But you can even do different themes based on the Christmas story for your worship experience. For example, one time for us, we actually did a different stations for each person involved during the Christmas story. One for Joseph and what it meant for Joseph. One for Mary. One for the shepherds. One for the wise men. One for even just uh, John the Baptist and Elizabeth. Um, and oh, shoot, what was what was Elizabeth's husband name? Oh, this is really bad. It wasn't Silas. I'm just going to keep rolling with it. But but you can even niche it down to be okay. This is what our this is what the theme is. It's not just Christmas, but each individual person who is in the Christmas story. Another thing you could do for the Christmas season is more about what does it mean that Jesus actually came to earth and talk about each one of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. Maybe you could even then lean into just Advent in general and maybe make it less focused about each one of the individual candles, but more of what each one of those candles represented and have a different part of that experience. So first, you need to create an actual theme for your worship experience night. Second, you need to create a workbook that teens will use as they travel around to each station. Now, these workbooks should include such things as instructions, the location of what the room is, Bible verses that they need to read for that station. You don't need to type out each Bible verse completely, but at least put the reference there that people would need to do. Places to write stuff down for responses and also questions based on what they experiences. Experiences? Experiences. So this is why I, I said the same thing again, I know. So this is why I love notebooks, all right? Now, A, when you create notebooks, you can guarantee that many teens will actually leave their notebooks in the student ministry room as trash. That's just a fact of the matter. But I have found that many of my teens still have some of their worship experience notebooks and other series notebooks that we created for them because they wanted to be able to reference it later. So if you actually create a decent, not much like a cheap eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, but you actually create like a folded stapled ends up being eight and a half by 11, but when you fold it eight and a half by five and a half notebook that kids can carry around and keep inside their Bibles and take notes with, you then maybe create something for them to reference back later. But the other thing with the notebook is this is all about creating a guided worship experience. Now, generally, you don't want all your youth group to go to each one of these stations. When you send kids to the stations, you generally want them to have different small groups at each station because the fewer people you have and then you have leaders inside of each one of those groups, you then can make sure that they don't get distracted. So you need to create a workbook for your teens that will A, keep everyone on the same page, B, everyone goes through the exact same things, and then C, it also lets them keep it for later. Now, third, what you need to do is make sure that when you do create the rooms, you figure out what the what the purpose and what the activity inside of that room will be. You also need to figure out how long each group should stay inside of one of those rooms. And this is just another bonus. Have a leader with each group or just put a leader in each room, which they probably would get bored if you do that. So I would say just make them move with each one because you need to make sure that you are creating ways for kids to distraction-free, get as much out of the worship experience as they can because some kids will highly engage with it, some won't. You wanna make sure you keep the ones that are not engaging with it. At least if they you can't get them to focus, don't let them distract the others. So 
first, you need to create a theme for the night. Second, create a workbook for the teens to use as they travel around to each station. Third, you need to actually have room set up for each station. Um, I kind of reference this later, but don't have, if you can keep it, I mean, we had to do this one time where we only had uh, two rooms at our disposal, so we did the best that we could. But if the more rooms you could have and more traveling you can do, the better. Because as kids walk to each room, their mind can be cleared of what happened and they can focus on what is about to happen. Another thing that you need to do, fourth, after you got the theme, you've created the workbook, you got the room set up, you're ready to go, you need to make sure that you do not teach during that night. The whole purpose of this worship experience is for it to be the entire youth group night, or at least most of the youth group night. This is a guided tour, so let the experience speak to your teens, not you. Now, and, and including at the end. Now, so this is what I mean by that, okay? So instead of having like this worship experience and then after the worship experience, then you teach for another 30 or 45 minutes, rather than do that, have your entire worship experience last an hour to an hour 15, maybe even an hour and a half. And then at the end, that's when you can put a pretty bow on it, maybe wrap it up, give a little three, four minute, just put a pretty bow on the conversation. Or you can just let people have, you know, small group time at the end of it and let that be it. But the whole purpose of the worship experience is for them to learn whatever you are trying to to communicate to them through the experience, through their peers with the conversations, through their notebooks, not necessarily through you actually teaching. Because we want to teach the teens how they can engage in reading the Bible and asking their own questions rather than always having to sit underneath somebody and teach. So we want to make sure that you are not actually teaching during this time. And then the last thing you need to do to end the night is have some sort of finale, okay? What I mean by finale is one common thing to put the whole group together and then be able to click a check mark and not, not even click a check mark because that's, that's really bad. But basically, not just you put a bow on it, but as a group, have something end the entire night. So uh, my favorite thing that we would do is after each one of the groups would go, we would come back together before I would even put a pretty bow on it or small group, and we would all engage on something on the screen, whether it was a song that I would have them sit and listen to the lyrics and actually read the lyrics rather than just sing it, because it's a whole different story when you read the lyrics more than you're just singing along. You focus on the lyrics. There's amazing spoken word YouTube videos and sermon jams that you can do, but or, or what you could also do, we did this one time too, is we had one common response out of the whole worship experience and we had everyone engage in that one action, such as a prayer wall or um, some sort of prayer, like reading out loud verbal prayer that we all read together. Or we just had a worship set at the end. But at the end of your night, to make it a memorable experience, you need to set it up well. You need to have a theme for it, get a workbook for the teens, get your rooms in order, don't teach, and have something to just almost bring the whole group back together because they were separated the whole night. Bring them back together. Now, another question that you might be thinking about is, why should you do a special night like this? I'll be honest with you, these worship experience nights can take a lot of prep time and a lot of work to get it done, including financial resources with buying the materials that you need, the time to set up all the different room and experiences, the booklets and all those different things. But why should you do a special night like this? I got three reasons why you should do a special night like this, and this has been woven throughout this whole conversation, but I want to double down and nail this down. You should have a special work worship experience night like this at least every single year for their teens because it gives teens a place to focus on Jesus, 
on their own, distraction-free. Rather than someone teaching them and telling them about Jesus, they can read and, and study the scriptures and learn about Jesus himself on their own. The second reason is, is it teaches teens to uh, have different ways to participate in worship. Here's what I mean by that. So many times, based on our tradition, we do the same style of worship every single time. Or maybe we stand up, we sing some songs, we sing down, we sit down, we listen to a message, we sing another song, and then we leave. But there is so much tradition around different styles of worship. Based on what tradition you come out of, maybe you do a lot more standing, confessing, kneeling, sitting, praying, doing all these different bodily motions. Maybe you do light candles, maybe you don't. Maybe some of you guys do have guided prayers that you guys actually read together as a group. Maybe you don't. But this exposes your teens to different ways that they can worship with God because there's no monopoly that one denomination or tradition has on how to actually worship and experience God. So this is teaching your teens how they can have different ways of worshiping God on their own as they grow older in life. And the third thing that it does is it teaches teens how to create similar experiences in the future whether for themselves or in their college ministries. I want to tell you a quick story about my buddy Eli. So Eli, he, he's one of my all-time favorite students. If I'm allowed to have a favorite student, I think I'm allowed to. Um, but so he's one of our pastor's kids. I got super close with him. I was his youth pastor from the time he walked into student ministry till the time he graduated. And I even visited him down when he was in college. But he's down at a college, a secular college, and he's a part of a really amazing Christian ministry down there. And now he's part of the leadership team that's down there. And last year he texted me, he said, hey, Mark, remember how we used to do these worship experiences? I still have the book from the one, but I, I I want to do a worship experience kind of like the one we did at this specific time. Can you send me the resources that we had for that one so I could just have the booklets for these kids and we can change it how we wanted to do? And just like that, Eli was able to create a worship experience that then was taken onto the college campus. And now all of a sudden they're able to replicate what we taught them. And that's what our job is as pastors and student pastors, all right? Our job is to teach our teens how to love Jesus, but when we also want them to be not just disciples of Jesus, but learn how to disciple others as well. And if you are creating these different types of experiences, maybe you are teaching the future generation how they can now then train their peers and the upcoming generation in the years to come. Now, before we go, though, since this is the Small Church Media Podcast, we got to talk about what are ways that we can use media both in this worship experience and after the experience is all done to further solidify what you exactly did. Here's four different ways that I, or four different things that I thought of how we could use media during these worship experiences. The first one is before you even have the worship experience, send an email home to parents, letting them know what their teen will experience. This could be right before it happens. This could be the week before. This could be the day before. But either way, send an email home to your parents or just a letter home saying, hey, we are going to do a worship experience. Here's what each one of these stations are. Here's why we are doing it. Here's what we're hoping your teen will get out of it. And here's how you can further the conversation after it's all said and done. So that way, when their teen jumps in their car or gets home after a youth group is all said and done, they can then ask educated, pointed questions about what they actually were enabled to engage with during the worship experience. Another thing you could do, this one maybe just seems obvious to me, but maybe you forget about this, is take pictures of the experience. Now, you can use these pictures on social media, but I think it's even better to take pictures on behalf and for the parents. Something that my kids' teachers do for school using Class Dojo is about once a week or so, there's one teacher in particular where she uploads photos to Class Dojo 
literally every single week of what different activities the kids were having. And I love that so much because I can look at the pictures and go, hey, Sadie, so um, what were you guys doing here? This actually looks pretty cool. And then you guys can do the same thing with your parents. You guys can have a private Facebook group page for your parents or just create a gallery on their website on the back end. Don't share it with the public and just email that link to your parents so they can see exactly what was happening during the worship experience. But then you can also use some of those pictures on your social media as Well, another thing you guys can do to use media during these worship experiences is find videos on YouTube of spoken words, which are kind of like poems that are a lot more upbeat, and um, there's so many amazing ones out there. I know spoken word was super, super popular probably about six years ago, but there still are some amazing spoken word videos on YouTube that you guys could use. Um, I would encourage you guys to include music in worship in some way, shape, or form in your worship experience, and you can use lyric videos that make the kids sit and listen and engage with what's going on. Or you could also get short clips from other preachers on various topics of what you are talking about. And then when it's all said and done, I think it'd be amazing for you inside of one of your worship experience rooms where you create a very, very quick video for your church's social media, not specifically just for the for the youth group, but for the entire church. Say, hey, this is what we did in the student ministry. We would want to challenge you to do this on your own. Here's a resource that you could do that's a very more scale down devotional type reading of the worship experience that we created for the teens. And just like that, you're able to create really engaging experiences for your teens in person, but then also maybe even hand those off to the rest of your church, use it in other other facets, ways, shapes, or forms, social media posts, a video talking about it, or even just blog posts on your website to help keep that, that, that the, the resource live and well. So now you might be thinking, okay, Mark, so this sounds like a really good idea, but also a lot of work. How, where do I get started with actually finding these worship experiences? Like, do I have to create them for myself or can I just pay someone uh, just a little bit of money to download it? And I want to encourage you to say, yes, you can actually download worship experiences that have been completely done top down for you and your student ministry. Now, granted, you will have to do some adaption on these things. Like you'll need to, you know, have different room setups because you might not have the same rooms. You might want to change wordage. You might want to change some verbiage of different things. You might come from different traditions. You're like, no, we don't believe that. We believe this. But either way, you can go to a place called DownloadYouthMinistry.com, which DownloadYouthMinistry.com was one of my best friends when I was a student ministry pastor. I didn't always pay for the subscription, but I used their resources to springboard off a ton. So you can go to DownloadYouthMinistry.com and in the search feature, literally just type in the word worship experiences. And just like that, you can see a whole bunch of different worship experiences that have already been created by other youth pastors for you. In fact, I'm pulling up the link right now. And I do know for a fact that our youth group, we used the Christmas story worship experience from Kim Bowers. We use, we've used that one. Uh, we changed that one a little bit. We did the Be Still one from Britt McConaughey. We did the Advent Prayer Odyssey, a prayer station experience. Uh, I, I adapted that one a little bit. I also have the For All Advent Lessons in Experience, um, and there's a lot of other ones that have been added since I've been out of the student ministry, but I use so many of these resources, if not all their resources, at least as a springboard, so that way I wasn't creating things from scratch. And just like that, you can pay five bucks, have an entire resource ready to go, and all you need to do is plug play and print. And just like that, you can start creating an amazing worship experience for your student ministry that you could be sure will help them engage with the Christmas season. 
Well, guys, that's it for this episode of the Small Church Media Podcast. I know this one was a little bit different than our standard ebb and flow of talking specifically about media, but let me know if you like conversations like this, where it's not just media specific, but maybe just conversations about what we can do with small churches to help grow our small churches and then use media on the back end to continue just just continue pouring into our church people. So please, please, please let me know. Your feedback is essential to help make this podcast grow. And you can give me your feedback by heading over to smallchurch.media, hitting the contact tab, and then filling out that contact form, and that will get directly to me. Before I let you go, though, I want to remind you guys, make sure you hit the free resource library up over at the Small Church Media website. Also, if you listen to Apple Podcasts, leave me a rating and review or Spotify, leave me a rating, and I will get a Starbucks gift card in your email as soon as I possibly can. Just like always, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys another week. I know I talk really fast, so hopefully you guys were able to keep up. But if you have any questions at all about what's going on here in the Small Church Media Podcast world, or you have a question that you would love for me to answer in the show, the easiest way is just go to the website, smallchurch.media, hit the contact button, and fill out that contact form, and that gets directly to me. I hope you guys again are enjoying the Christmas season with your church family, but come back next week, next, next time, same time next week (laughs) for another episode of the Small Church Media Podcast. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.